touching every possible emotion in life that takes place. At the beginning, the psalmist says, Blessed is the one who meditates on the law day and night. And after the psalmist write about all the various emotions that take place and the experiences that take place in human life, the struggles, the fears, the sense of abandonment, all of those things. He ends the psalm with praise the Lord. It says some 11, 12 times in that last psalm that the one thing that we do at the end in the final analysis is praise the Lord. If we begin our Christian experience meditating upon God's Word, we will be able to finish our Christian experience with nothing but praise for our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why these two psalms, I think, were chosen as bookends for the entire collection of the psalms. I don't know if you've read any of the books from the children's series, Choose Your Own Adventure. Um, came out a while back. Each of the books tells a different story, and in each book the reader has a part in determining the outcome of the book by answering questions along the way. It's interactive. You're sitting at home minding your own business when there's a knock on the door. What do you do? Do you answer it or hide in the bathroom? Well, this is a question you have to answer in the book. Let's say you choose to hide in the bathroom. As you run through the bathroom, remember you don't have one and the knocking gets louder. Will you answer the door or run out the back door? Let's chose, pretend you chose to run out the back door. Oh, no. You find out in the backyard there are leopards in the backyard, lots of them. Will you sing to sleep, them to sleep or with a song to charge them? You choose to sing to them only knowing two songs. Which song will you choose? My Bonnie Lies Over the Oak or The Eye of the Tiger? <laughs> As the story goes, these books constantly throw two choices in your way. Which path will you take through the book? And this is much like Psalm chapter 1. Two types of people. Or maybe one type of person who has a struggle making choices. Choice is a life principle. And choices have consequences. But we make choices in our spiritual life also. And I think that's what Psalms 1 talks to us about. Choosing a path that will have positive results in our spiritual walk. The psalm starts out with saying, Blessed is the one who walks not, but rather blessed is the one who meditates upon the law of God, the word of God. This word blessed is not just another word for happy. We are in a consumer-driven world where happiness seems to be what drives all of us to purchase certain things, to wear certain things, drive certain cars. Maybe not in Kodiak, because you drive whatever's for sale in Kodiak. But when you have the opportunity to pick and choose the things that you want, we all have those things that we think are going to make us happy. And we go after them. Believe me, I will choose a meal at McDonald's that makes me happy. And it's not the happy meal. Although, 
if I'm being cheap, it will be the Happy Meal. But I've discovered the Denali Mac, and that really makes me happy sometimes. But blessed is not just about being happy. Blessed is sitting down and thinking about what God has done in our lives and what we have that God has given us and those relationships that we have that empower us. When I was home a few weeks ago and I sat down with all four of my grandkids, four under four, four four under four, I sat with all of them. I said, Lord, how blessed am I? I'm not looking forward to when they all sit in my lap when they're 16 and under. But while they're four and under, I feel particularly blessed. I look back over life and I'm blessed with what God has given and how God has led. And there's a sense of contentment in my life that God will continue to walk with me. And as God continues to walk with me and guide me, and I ponder His word, I realize that being blessed is much more than just being happy. Because happy is a fleeting moment, but being blessed is a life experience. Jesus used the word blessed when he asked Simon Peter, Peter, who is it that you think that I am? And after some thought, Peter said, Thou art the Son of the living God. Thou art the Christ. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, because God revealed this to you. We are blessed when we come into that knowledge of a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are blessed because we become His child. As many as received Him, to them He became the right, gave the right to become the children of God. We are blessed when our eyes are opened with the truth of who God really is in our lives. It's the same word that Jesus used telling Peter, you're blessed because you know this truth. Going back, blessed is the man who meditates on the law of God day and night. The psalmist compares this word with the righteous man in verse 6. It's the same individual. We are righteous not because of what we do. We are righteous because of the faith that we have placed in Jesus Christ as our Savior. And He has deemed us righteous. Because of that righteousness, we are indeed blessed. Because of our own righteousness, I would not be blessed at all. In fact, I would be feeling guilt every day and hurt and pain and sorrow. But we are blessed, as the psalmist says, because we are the righteous one, and that we are the righteous one because of what Jesus has done. But sometimes we feel robbed of that blessed feeling because of life experiences. We feel like in the moment, it's not going so well. I talked a little bit about this in Sunday school, that sometimes we want to throw it all away because we don't feel blessed going all the way forward in the New Testament 
to a book written by Jesus' brother James. Chapter 1. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. And if you lack wisdom... You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. In Psalm 1, the wicked man is like the chaff that is blown like the wind. And James offers us the wisdom from God when we struggle in trials through His Word. And we, if we believe that what God has given us is His honest perception of what we need to do and where we need to go, we will be blessed. But if we doubt it, will be just like the wicked man who is nothing but chaff and blown around like the wind. What James tells us is the truth, that we will endure hardships and struggles in life. I'm in my mid to late 60s, and I can look back, and there have been struggles in life. And there will be struggles ahead of us, I'm sure. But the one thing that I count on is that God has not abandoned me. God still walks with me. And I'm still part of the one who is blessed because I know Jesus Christ. Therefore, when struggles happen, I can make a choice to consider what God is doing in terms of making me mature, complete, so that whatever he calls me, I am not lacking. Problem is, if you follow this passage in Psalm 1 is, is that we begin to seek resolution for our struggles outside of godly counsel. The passage says that the blessed man does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way of the sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. It tells us something that that person does not do. But yet, when we struggle, we take our eyes off of the centrality of God's Word. And we begin to seek the counsel of those around us who might not have our best interest in mind. We walk in step with the wicked. Those who do not have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, or those who are not mature in their faith, or we seek those happy moments rather than pure blessedness from God because we want the struggle to go away. We want the feelings of the struggle to go away. We want the hurt and the pain to go away. And so we look at what is out there for us and we say, hey, that looks pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk over there for a little while. I had a buddy in school who we were both school bus drivers at the time and he was telling me that he was really struggling with um, porn and, and, and that whole area of life. And he said, every day when I drive the bus with the bowl full of high school kids, all of the 
the red light district in, in the L.A. area, well, this is in Whittier, and I see the uh, massage parlors and the adult bookstores, I just have a real struggle. Ever thought about going down a different road? I can, I can take a different route? Yeah, you can take a different route. But when we walk in step and go in that direction, pretty soon we begin to get away from the counsel of God. And when we do that, not, it won't be long before we're not just walking there or driving there or through there or by there. We begin to stop and stand for a while in the way of the sinners. We don't just go by there and listen for a moment. We actually stop for a time and try to take in that counsel. And so we stand in the very way, the path of the sinners. We stand with them while they're there. Years ago, I was with Karen's family at Knott's Berry Farm. And uh, she's got two sisters and a brother. And her brother and the brothers-in-laws, we used to like to carry on and have a lot of fun and um, make fun of people sometimes. Uh, and, and do things that might be a little bit outrageous. Um, so we were at Knott's Berry Farm. We wanted to go to the, uh, the Knott's Berry Farm, and there's this window on this shop, a uh, little peephole in the door that you can walk up to and see something inside. And there really wasn't a whole lot inside, but we started looking inside that peephole, and, and the four of us, her, her, her brother and Two brothers-in-law and myself, we started looking at people and just started laughing for all it's worth. And we'd step aside and the other one would look in and step aside. The other, pretty soon there was a few people standing behind us. And we realized, hey, this is fun. Let's keep this going. And then, and then the girls got involved, Karen and her sister, and they started coming up and looking. Oh, look at that. How funny is that? We turned around. And there was a line of about 50 people behind us wanting to look into that little peephole to see what was behind it. And there wasn't anything behind it. And we all just said, oh, well, and walked away. And we saw one by one as they all wanted to get up there and look in that peephole. But that's the way it is when we start looking and stepping with the wicked, we stop and we stand. And we realize that when we look into that peephole, there's nothing of value there, but we stop for a while and we have to take a look. And follow the progression. Walk, stand, and then we sit in the company of the mockers. We start making fun of those who are following God's word. We start making fun of those who are trying to do it right because they're trying to capitalize on something that would tell us that we're doing the right thing. We have to do that by mocking others who are doing the right thing because we want that validation that where we're going is good when it's not. Follow the progression. Walk, stand, sit. Once we've sat down with them, we're hooked. They seek the counsel. They stand with them, and pretty soon, they're doing and mocking those 
are keeping God's word. Go back to James. Blessed are the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. The path of the wicked man leads to death, according to Psalm 1. The path of the righteous man, the blessed man, who knows and follows the counsel of Jesus Christ and his word, is life. James talks about it as sin. Psalms 1 talks about it as But it'll come at us the same way. It's enticing, and if we stop long enough, it will get us. But as we read Psalm 1, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord? The blessed man's delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that he meditates on his law day and night. For the psalmist who struggled with many things in life, the word took a central place in his life. Our counsel comes from the centrality of God's word. Joshua gathered the people when they were going to cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And he says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I have discovered, as well as many others have discovered, that if we keep God's word central in our lives, that we do not need to be afraid or discouraged because God is walking us and we are doing what God has commanded. Hebrews 4, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. We can follow the counsel of the world, But God knows our heart. If the word is central to our thoughts, then it's able to discern what's really in there and the intent that we have. And God is then able to guide us because we've allowed the word to pierce deep within our hearts and to lay bare what our hurt, what our pain, what our temptations, what our sorrows really are. And he says in the next verse in Hebrews 4, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Psalm 119. 
How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I will seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I've stored up your word in my not sin against you. It's a memory verse from my childhood. I know it's a memory verse for many of the children that have gone through the mission, through vacation Bible school and Sunday school classes. Let me store up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed is the man who meditates upon the law of the Lord day and night. The entire chapter of Psalm 119 is about the blessings of understanding God's word and the power of God's word. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. When I was in college, we had a blind student. We, we buddied around a little bit, and one night we were putting together a uh, haunted house on Halloween for something, and he was going to play the piano. He played pretty well. Um, kind of a honky-tonk type deal, because when you're blind, you don't need to read the music. And we forgot something. He needed something out of his room. So we both got in the car. I drove, of course. We went back to his room uh, in the dorm. We started looking for what it was. And I could hear doors or cupboards opening, doors closing, and everything else. And I'm sitting there. How can he find anything in the dark? Let me turn on the light for you. And he said to me, that might help you, but it's not going to help me. <laughs> See, if we seek the counsel of the world rather than the counsel of God, it ain't going to help us. We can't just turn on the switch unless we open God's word and meditate upon it. 2 Timothy 3.16, All scriptures God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And the chapter just before that, Timothy is told to study yourself, study do not present yourself to God as one approved. Do your best to present yourself as, to God as one approved. A workman who does not need to be ashamed, who has correctly handled the word of truth. You see, as we seek the counsel of God and meditate upon his work, there's something that happens. The result, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season. Spent a lot of time in the deserts of Southern California and Arizona. And as you drive across the desert of Southern Arizona into California, you come across the bleak desert into a green belt. You see a lot of green. It's kind of like a river of green on both sides of the Colorado River. The trees and growth planted firmly by the water there that just stays there all the time. And the reason that it stays green in the desert is because is what's there has been firmly planted for centuries alongside the river. Another phenomenon that you have in southern Arizona, you can picture an old western movie, Tombstone, the streets of Tombstone, the wind's blowing, and here comes across the streets of Tombstone are the tumbleweeds. They're not firmly rooted at all. But when we have a good windstorm and there's been a lot of growth in the desert and it's drying out 
those tumbleweeds can come at you like crazy. I've seen them come across Interstate 10 just blowing like crazy. We can choose to be like that tumbleweed and blown to and fro everywhere, or we can be like the tree that is planted by the water, firmly planted, because God has planted us. And as a result, we yield our fruit in its season. Whatever we do will be prosperous. I'm not talking about prosperity gospel here where there's a promise that we're going to get rich and always be healthy and be wealthy. I'm talking about a prosperity in our spiritual lives where we yield our fruit in its season. And I believe that the very fruit that God is talking about that we will yield are the fruits of the Spirit talked about in Galatians 5.22. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. But when we meditate upon the law of the Lord and find our delight there, then ultimately God will begin to produce this kind of fruit in our lives and we will be prosperous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, it says in Psalms 1.5. God's got my back. God has my back. If I will follow His counsel, He's got my back. Unlike the Choose Your Own Adventure books, we don't always get to choose our own adventure. We might want to choose our path, but the adventure is the adventure that God brings us. Here's what two children said about these books, touting their experience, these choose your own venture. One says, Matt, age 11, these books are like games. Sometimes the choice seems like it will solve everything, but you wonder if it's a trap. Another one, Chow Tao, age 10, says, you decide your own fate, but your fate is still a surprise. There's no surprise ending and delight in ourselves in the counsel of God. Because when we follow the counsel of God, we learn about God's love, we learn about God's presence, we learn about God's sustainment, we learn about God's care, and that in His Word is the counsel that will cause us to be planted firmly, that will cause us to yield our fruit in its season. He will watch over us. And I don't have my own fate. God's chosen it for me. I just need to do, all I need to do is choose to light myself in what He's chosen for me. It begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I invite you to know Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's where it begins. If we believe in Him, we have everlasting life. We are the blessed man 
We are the righteous man. Not because of what we've done, but because of what He has done. Our Christian experience then is making choices about whose counsel we will follow. I invite you, if you do not know Jesus Christ, I'd love to talk to you. Somebody here would love to talk to you and share that with you. As Steve said earlier, if you're looking for a church home where you can fellowship together, pray together, have fun together, read God's Word together and delight in that, come join us. Stand as the worship committee comes and leads us in our closing. Draw me close to you Never let me go I lay it all down again To hear you say that I'm your friend You are my desire
Dios.